This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Breath Hub. Take a deep breath. Deep conversations are starting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deep Conversations podcast. I have a very special guest, dear Robert. Welcome, welcome. Would you first start telling us about yourself? Yeah, my name's Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm building a a platform. We call it a platform or house of transformation. Um, Transformation meaning behavioral change. And we're trying to teach people to shift their state, you know, to take control of their nervous system state, right? And, and through creating wow. space and shifting state, um, finding more meaning in their lives. I would like to know more about that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, you know, my background, um, addiction, psychedelic medicines, meditation, a long road from uh, really struggling to, to finding a place in my life where I found happiness, wife, career success. And through those practices, they helped me. But when I was trying to teach others uh, meditation and also uh, you know, how to use psychedelic medicines, it was really challenging. Both have a lot of friction. So if you're, you're yeah. listening for a lot of people, like understanding how they're feeling, seeking therapy, you know, most people are on autopilot, just thinking all the time. And when I tried to bring in meditation, the feedback cycle was quite long. And with psychedelic medicines, they're illegal. So there was a lot of trepidation. And so started experimenting with alternative modalities, things that created peak experiences, state shifts. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. what I mean by a state shift is just a change in in the way you feel, both emotionally and mentally. And so this can be breath work. It can be um, fasting. It can be sauna. It can be ice bath. It can be exercise. Anything that's kind of creating this peak experience that gets you into your body and slows your thought. And when we started experimenting with those, we found for many people who had struggled to meditate, you know, weren't feeling good, maybe had a health practice and went to the gym, but then for mental health, just felt like overwhelmed and always on their phone. We found these practices really worked. Yeah. So are you using different methods for different people? Like what's the way to analyze? Because we're all at a different stage at our lives. When I look back like 20 years ago, the breathwork techniques I enjoyed back then, I don't even use them anymore. You know, as you age, as you grow older, and also with different life experiences, I think on different levels of life, we need different techniques and different things that's gonna, you know, hit us, like transform us. So how do you do that? Like, how do you analyze people? or How do you understand what people need or what state they're at? So we generally invite people to understand the science uh, behind the techniques and then choose for themselves versus making a recommendation. Because as you mentioned, nothing mm. is generalized. And so I'd like to think from first principles, what can you use the breath for? And so, you know, you can really all the different techniques, they kind of boil down to a triangle. And so for me, there's there's up. And so up is turning on the fight or flight sympathetic response. And so it's like pushing the gas pedal, increasing focus, you know, this is like fast breathing, Wim Hof, Tumo, 
breath of fire, these type of techniques that create a fight or flight response. And then there's down. And so down is moving into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest nervous system. And so mm -hmm. that's, you know, coherent breathing, box breathing, breath retentions, slow exhales, uh, moving into that relaxed state where we find meaning. It's a state we're in when we're eating, eye gazing, laughing with friends, cuddling. You know, it's just, it can be used, you can think of it as after work, converting from like an intense state of focus to relaxation and presence. And then mm -hmm. there's explore. And explore can be transformational style breathing, holotropic breathing, some of these deeper tactics that are slowing the oxygen flow to the brain, sending uh, distress signals to the limbic system as a result, changing your sense of self and sense of time. And it's in explore where you're shutting down the thinking mind and as a result, processing traumatic emotions, stuck emotions, stuck you know energies, but we just call them emotions. And so it's really which in that triangle do you feel you need? Are you looking for up, down, yeah. explore? And that's kind of the starting point for people on their journey. And so we just like to make it very clear that these are the options and then provide science yeah. around each option, explaining kind of which way they can go. Yeah. And then in addition to that, it's really good if this stuff, it's one, if it's done on an app, fine. But if it's done in community, I found yeah. people are way more accountable and way more yeah. likely to actually make habit change. So we have a physical space in Toronto with 50 person sauna, four ice baths, tea room, where we do breathwork classes oh, in the sauna and other emotional classes in the sauna. And it's really cool. And so the, the main goal is like get people into the space, get them doing stuff with friends, have friends that are on the same journey and then sort of teach them um, how to go deeper. Yeah, so I, I, how I see it is you uh, created a unique formula. I love, by the way, the whole up, down, and explore. I think that's an amazing formula, like very clear. To it, it, it makes very clear. It makes it very clear because all the I think holistic healing methods and everything we've been trying. I think they're just too much out there, and we have we need that those clarity, especially for the people who are new to this work. I think that's just amazing. And doing in the, you said doing in the sauna. So what difference does it make to, you know, practice all these methods in the sauna when the temperature is higher? What's the, what's the difference than normal temperature? So it's not, it's not really about the sauna and the cold themselves with breath work. It's about, we found that people, when they were doing breath work sessions, they were less likely to come to a space to be in community for just breath work. Because mm. it's like, oh, I can do this at home. I can use an app. Same with meditation. Yeah, and so yeah, they would yeah. come once every two weeks for like a deep dive, but wouldn't come frequently. And so we're like, okay, this is great. But as a business, it's difficult. And so the, the sauna and the cold, you know, it's like the number one thing you can do for longevity. It's reducing inflammation, boosting yeah. the immune system. It's creating this neuroepinephrine in the brain, which makes you feel alive. And then it also puts your body into a natural state of fight or flight and teaches you how to regulate. And so, you know, you're in the ice bath and immediately your breath from the chest, right? It's yeah, you're freaking yeah. out. And so you're, you're teaching your body when you're in a stressful state, how to use your breath to relax. So it's, it's like almost you're training your awareness for when challenging emotions come up that I can use my breath. So I think the hot and cold by putting yourself into a more challenging environment you're kind of like building resilience you know like exactly. helping people build that resilience i think resilience is a big word because it's like with all these techniques 
they are all useful for building resilience to, you know, being as resilient as we can to cope up with life. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. and, but the breathing techniques do change. So it's very difficult to do, you know, a Wim Hof style breathing or like a holotropic yeah. or any of these like really deep breath work because the sun is so hot. So we often yeah, yeah, use yeah. a little uh, towel with essential oils over the nose and we yeah. usually do some type of coherent or slower, slower breathing in those environments. Yeah. Calmer breathing when it's hot, calmer, when it's cold up. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. And with all the work you've been doing and with all the methods you've been trying, what what's the one method that's that's what do you think the mo- or has been the most powerful for you? Or a few methods. I mean, the first method and the others. Well, I think I think for me the one is like I would recommend for anyone is taking some time again to shift your your state in a more permanent so it's sort of like taking a week per year where you're going to do mm. something that is going to allow you to reset and be in a different different state of mind. And so what I mean by that is, you know, a 10-day meditation retreat, a psychedelic medicine retreat, uh, perhaps a long fast, uh, perhaps just like living in nature with books, but really turning off the phone, stopping work. Pressing on pause. <laughs> Exactly. But not taking a vacation where you're, you know, going and drinking and eating out for dinner and going to shows like a traditional vacation, but taking time for yourself to turn off. And I think that's most important for me when I start getting too overwhelmed is to take these breaks and almost be alone or with friends, but in a very um, environment with less stimulation. So that's one. And I think that has to happen yearly. Um, I'm much more effective and and happier when I'm I'm doing that. It it could even be like It sounds like diving deep. It sounds like taking time to dive deep because it's like in life, because of all the experience, you don't experience life too deep. It's just too intense. I think those 10 days is kind of like one week to just dive in, dive in and like... Just, it's almost yeah, even just some, some time to be bored, you know, like in your life, if you're working, you wake up coffee, you know, 10 tasks. What are my kids doing? What are my friends think about me? Mm-hmm. What about what is happening at work? You know, social media, Slack messages. There's so much coming at you. And yeah. when you're doing that, you're always in fight or flight state. And as a result, it becomes more difficult to just enjoy the simple things and be bored. So like a simple walk, you know, a dinner with friends. And so you need to reset the nervous system, the dopamine pathways by just reducing stimulation for a period of time. And I think like 30 years ago for human beings, this isn't a problem because we didn't have cell phones. But now, you know, if you wake up and that pull is like, I want my coffee, I'm checking my phone and you're on all day. So just spending some time like turning off is probably the number one thing. And it could could even be a vacation and, you know, a beautiful ocean villa swimming in beach doesn't have to be boring it should just be reducing stimulation yeah reducing stimulation i love it yeah how how does your day go like what do you practice during the day during the week do you have kind of like different rituals they change you know sometimes i'm really like intense about my morning routine and nighttime routine a perfect diet and sometimes if i'm busier that stuff <laughs> falls apart and so if you're listening and you haven't been able to nail a routine like that's okay you know i just try now not yeah. to judge myself but some things that work really well for me is in the morning if i meditate or do breath work before i look at my phone so even just 
10 minutes, I actually have a session I like set as my alarm. So it goes off on my phone and it's a, you know, three rounds of like a Wim Hof Tumo style breathing with some gratitude. Uh, I can share the link for free on SoundCloud for anyone who's interested. So it's the alarm on my phone. It just starts playing. And when I wake up, I just do that little bit of of breath work. And uh, I feel feel amazing after that. And so that'll like get my my day started. I like to go outside for five Mm -hmm. minutes and just kind of take a walk while I drink my, my coffee. And if I can do those, you know, that little like morning routine, um, I feel a lot better during my day. And then every, you know, probably four times a week, I'm using a sauna and ice bath. And I just love that to connect with friends at night. And so I'll go, you know, in the evening, we'll have five, six friends together. We'll have a a nice night laughing and telling jokes. And it's just a nice way to find a connection. Yeah. So how did this, I mean, when did this journey begin for you? And like, when you look back, to your life when you weren't using all these tools and right now what are the main differences so that we can inspire prior, some people like, who are listening yeah yeah so I, you know and i didn't have these tools and so from 20 to 28 maybe even 18 to 20 10 years struggled with uh, alcohol cocaine addiction and had no practices and you know work i would just work all day and then go on the weekends and like disappear and it was really tough i didn't know how to you know how to change and what to do and i was living in my parents basement for a time and i just felt trapped and like i had like life just wasn't working for me it really felt like a, a failure like i wasn't doing what i wanted i didn't have access to resources it just it felt really difficult and uh first i got into meditation through listening to tim ferris who's like sort of a hero of mine just like if I, you know, started some of these practices, maybe I could feel better about my day. And through that, I learned about meditation. I did a 10 day Vipassana retreat at the retreat. I learned about psychedelic medicines, which was brew and did ayahuasca a number of times. And using those two as a baseline, I started a daily practice and the practices evolved, you know, breathwork came a bit later, but it started with meditation and and psychedelic medicines and then sort of built. And as I started those practices, I stopped drinking. I stopped caring so much about what people think. I thought felt more like, you know, a feeling when you're a kid and you're like excited about life and you don't really care. What people Myself. You. You're just like well, everything well, yeah, yeah, feels magic. Yourself. You feel like you're yourself. Yeah. And so through those practices, I started to feel really like myself and just doing what I wanted yeah. to do. And I met my wife uh, during that time. And then it was the first person in my life who really like helped me to be healthy and feel self-love. And so I think the practice of just like having a strong relationship and then the meditation what got me started. Beautiful. How was your, I'm going to ask one last thing. How was your Vipassana experience the first time? Because my first really Vipassana hard. experience was like really <laughs> intense. That was a stretch. So how was yours? It was hard. I think you don't realize the physical demands on the body. And so, mm. yeah, it's, you know, you hear about it. Oh, a silent retreat. Like I'm going to be silent for that long. What's that going to be like? And, you know, okay. Meditation. That seems like a long time, but the demands on the body, I remember like the first day giving in the phone and then about two hours in, you know, that first sit is usually like in the evening and it's just like, there's no way I'm going to make it a hundred hours. Like I let, I'm just mm. moving around every five minutes because I'm not comfortable. And there, there's a fear of like, how am I going to yeah. do this? And so for people listening, it's like, oh, I could never do that. It's so hard. It's so crazy. And, and the reality is it's, that's the fastest and best way to feel what meditation can do for you. 
And so yeah. I often say it's like two years of doing calm every day, you know? And so you, yeah. by the yeah. end, you feel like, wow, meditation is beneficial. Like I know it in my bones. And so I'll continue the habit. Yeah. So tons of stuff. And it's really up. transformative. I mean, things come up when you sit down and stay in silence that long. Yeah, you mentioned and it before. It's like you're just on autopilot in your day, right? All the tasks you have to do, all the stimulation. And this is why yeah. giving yourself some pause, creating space, right? And so like if you're shifting your state with ice baths and breath work and meditation, you're creating pause. So some of the things underneath can actually like come up and get processed. You're not just on autopilot like all the time. Yeah. As a result, you just become more fulfilled. You find more meaning. You feel deeper in your relationships. You feel more love. It becomes uh, life becomes so much more full and vivid. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, everything you've been speaking about is beautiful. I just connect with everything, and it's very inspiring as well to you know see different. I mean, listen to different stories. And I have one last question for you. What would be the one thing uh, you would like humanity to understand, like really get before you die? What would you like to see happening? I think right now we're in this time when everybody is turned on, this idea of like doing. And so, as I mentioned, everyone I know wakes up, checks their phone, checks their email, this feeling of like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed. There's all these things happening. There's all this news I'm staying on top of. There's just so much. And yeah. it's good for like focus and building, but you know, like feeling turned on, but I think we're becoming detached from the parasympathetic nervous system, these feelings of like meaning and love. And as a result, like presence. And, and just what I mean by that is like, if you're always thinking and worried and like on, what about the time to like be with your family and be in the moment and like feel really into that love? And so I think I'd want people to know that that nervous system state is important and it's possible to access through these tactics. Like it's always available through your breath. And so if everybody in the world, it'd be so cool if like, you know, at night before dinner, everyone in the world planned like a six minute coherent breathing session to shift into parasympathetic yeah. state and did, a, did an eye gaze with their partner or their family like what that would do. So yeah. I really feel loneliness is on the rise and I would love for people to understand that through breathing, there's a way to connect more with meaning. Yeah, through breathing, there's a way to connect with meaning. I love it. Thank you so much. I think we inspired a lot of people with this podcast and I'm sure you'll be very happy and fulfilled on this journey. And yeah, enjoy. Thank you so much. <laughs> No problem. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, our podcast listeners, and I'll see you in the next episode.